2020 took a lot from us, but not our Christmas spirit. Believe in what your heart is saying. Clark Howard's Christmas Kids events will be virtual this year, but the gifts and the love will be real. Donate now at wsbradio.com. We are having such a great morning here on Green and Growing. Hey, it's Ashley Frasca. Thank you for tuning into hour number three. If you miss any of the show, go to wsbradio.com. Give us a little bit after nine o'clock and go to On Demand, and you can listen there back to all three hours of the show. You definitely are going to want to hear Christy Bryant, certified arborist and owner of Speaking for the Tree. She's been answering some awesome tree questions, and y'all have more to go. But first, I have a special guest. I wanted to check in with Clark Howard, who, God bless him, seven hours on the radio Thursday, seven hours on the radio yesterday, and then joining me very quickly and Dave Baker at nine o'clock. Good morning, Clark. Ashley, good morning to you. We had such a great heartwarming day yesterday with Clark's Christmas Kids. We now still are at a point we need about 5,000 gifts to make sure that every child in foster care in Georgia gets the gifts that they hope for Christmas morning. And so let's hope that people will click on ClarksChristmasKids.com or WSBRadio.com and make it happen for these children. And Clark has been here over 30 years. I've been with WSB for 11. We know the listeners are going to come through. Thanks to all of you who have already shopped on ClarksChristmasKids.com. And I want to go back to my guest, ISA certified arborist Christy Bryant. Started her career as a landscaper, specializing in urban landscapes, and has a degree in environmental horticulture, and now owner of Speaking for the Trees. And she works with homeowners to make sure trees are safe and gets the right plans to save wonderful large trees. So, hey, Christy, welcome back. Thanks. So we have had some awesome questions. Would you agree? I would. Yes, I am I am so proud of the listeners of this show. They have really made this just a fun, easy job for me since I took over in February. So uh, I was just uh, talking with Marsha on Facebook, on the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. And really quickly, Marsha asked uh, for you, her sugar maple lost its leaves in early October before that usual gorgeous color was able to come through, and she lives in Peachtree Corners. Why do you think that happened? Wow, I wonder. Um, Well, um, all of the maples, except maybe Japanese maples that we have, are susceptible to maple uh, maple leaf spot. So if they had black spots on them, that would make them, you know, if the leaf surface is torn up, if it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, the tree will just let it go. So my guess is it probably has pretty bad infestation of maple leaf spot, which would be indicated by black spots on the surface of the leaves. Okay. And if there's no obvious indication, which I'm not sure if there was or not, but how how does water play a role in helping trees either hold on to their leaves or shed their leaves, or is that even related? Well, it's definitely related. Leaves are the indicators that we, you know, use to let us know if we have some root issues going on. Um, you know, lack of leaves at the top or the tips of the tree is always an indication of some kind of soil compaction or root loss of some way. So, um, uh, but water absolutely has everything to do with it because if we don't have water, those those very important roots die, and if those die, then the then the then the crown dies, and we have leaf loss. So it's all relatable, um, and you know, just worth noting that roots are absolutely the most important part of the tree, and everybody forgets them because they're underground. 
You know, it's it's funny you mention that because we actually have a caller who we can take right now, Monica in Sharpsburg, roots growing under a swimming pool. And you're saying, yep, they're underground. They're so important, yet we can't see them. So, Monica, what's going on with your tree? Hey, good morning, ladies. Thank you for taking my call. I'm really sure. happy to have stumbled across your segment this morning. I actually bought a house about a year ago, and it has got a swimming pool. It's an older home. Around the swimming pool and around the house is acreage of trees to the point to where they are, they're almost within about, a, about 200 feet from the pool line and the privacy fence. So one of the projects I had to do when I bought the house was to redo the swimming pool, the liner, and so on and so forth. Started uncovering, once we got all that replaced, that there is a slab of patio that goes around the swimming pool, if you can visualize, and the cement pad is cracked straight across. And so we traced it back. The roots were all under the pool, and they had grown, and the pool was, the house is about 20 years old, and so everybody was like, you need to cut those out. You just need to get the trees out, get it all out, or you're going to have the problem again, and it's going to buckle the wall. Right. Fast forward, we went ahead. I had them trim the roots under the ground, under the liner of the pool, but these crate myrtles are still there, and the roots have buckled up and now have cracked the foundation of the cement. And then on the other side of the pool behind it, we've had so many storms here lately mm-hmm that I've now got trees that has been either hit by lightning or they've already broke and they've been damaged. So I'm looking at them and they're bare. Do They're beautiful, but do I just go ahead and remove them and also trim the trees out that I have to prevent future damage? And Ooh. on a side note, my, norm, my neighbor recommended getting an arborist to come in and have them evaluate to see if they possibly can save some of these history trees and relocate them or to do something. And I'm like, well, I've never heard of any of this. <laughs> so, Christy, I don't know if we have a concise answer for Monica there, but what would your recommendation be? Wow. So, yeah, definitely need to get an arborist <laughs> on site to assess, A, you know, the tree damage, the lightning, all that kind of stuff. Kind of assess what are maybe some of the best and worst trees. And, you know, uh goodness now going back to the pool thing normally tree roots um tree root trees are very smart and they're they're opportunistic right so they're not going to put a root out where the root is not going to do them any good oftentimes just for example trees are constantly blamed for causing pipe leaks so that's actually not what happens trees aren't going to go and put their root out if there's not water there okay so basically what happens is the pipe is leaking The tree puts its roots there, and then the roots dig into the pipe. So the plumber digs it up, and he sees the roots, and he's like, oh, look, it attacked the pipe. Mm -hmm. That's not what happens. So tree roots are going to grow passively. They're feeling out. If they hit a surface, they're going to turn. But they can't retract like a pull string on a lawnmower, right? So they turn, but then tree roots are just like underground branches, so they grow in diameter. So they're putting this constant pressure against whatever it is that they hit. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So are crepe myrtles worth saving? I mean, or, or maybe just salvaging a sucker and hoping that it grows, you know, a little I mean, more slowly you know, you in a different direction? You can cut it down to the ground and it's going to come back and it might come back 10, year, 10, 10 yards down the yard where it comes back up. So, you know, 
you could cut them back, but, you know, here's the deal. Uh, I don't like cutting crepes at all. They are trees, and they are stunning trees when we let them be what they are. So I don't want, you know, you committing crepe murder thinking that's going to help the situation. I would just get an arborist involved, go to the GAA site uh, again to, to find an arborist in your area, and they're going to be able to make the best determination for you. So what a wonderful website, and you're president of the Georgia Arborist Association, and that website, georgiaarborist.org, there you see certified folks in your area, kind of what they specialize in. And Christy, you just touched on crepe myrtle there, and we have just a couple of minutes. Okay, so crepe myrtles, they are gorgeous trees. They, you know, give us all that color in the summer and the puffy purple and pink and magenta and white, you know, flower uh, cones, so to speak. Yeah, it's almost impossible to remove one because of the suckers. But when we're talking about crepe murder, what are we actually referring to? So crepe murder, crepe murders, crepe myrtles, I can't even say it without saying crepe murder <laughs> this time of year, um, are actually treats. There are, I don't know, a hundred different cultivars of different heights and colors and color of the bark. Um, but people have a tendency to go out and cut it back. Landscapers get paid a lot of money to go back and cut crepes every year. They really shouldn't be pruned to reduce the top. That's called tree topping, and that is a bad practice. In fact, that is an illegal practice in the city of Atlanta because that's Hmm. in violation of the ordinance, which says you can't remove more than 20% of a tree's leaf surface per year. Wow. So crepe crepe murder is a bad practice. It is tree topping. They do make different sizes of crepes. So if you really want them, they now have shrub-type crepes that don't get any more than like four to five feet tall. So read your plant labels, do your shopping correctly. It's all about right plant, right place. Amen. That, that is a mantra of this industry, right plant, right place. You've got to make sure that it's going to grow within the range and the size that you have accounted for it. But crepe murder is just where all you see is stubs. I mean, people cut into the trunk itself, and it's just... Oh, it's, it's a terrible practice. You're absolutely right. It really puts some stress on the tree. Well, coming up, we'll talk to Philip in Midtown. And Tim in Forsyth has got a great question about planting dogwoods and more about Clark's Christmas Kids as well, the 30th annual year of this campaign, really putting us in the holiday spirit. We'll be right back on Green and Growing on WSB. The clock is ticking down so quickly this morning. Here with you until 9 o'clock. And then Dave Baker and Clark Howard and the Home Fix-It show come on at 9 o'clock. No Bulldogs today. So you've got Home Fix-It till noon in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta living with the Linda Skelton 1 to 3. And continuing the Clark's Christmas Kids campaign, clarkschristmaskids.com. And we are very grateful, and I know Clark is too, to have uh, Governor Brian Kemp really involved in this program. And he and First Lady Marty Kemp just uh, very active and engaged with the Division of Family and Children's Services. And I want you to hear a little bit about what Governor Kemp had to say to uh, Scott Slade here just a couple of days ago. Now, this is our second year of involvement with Clark's Christmas. We highlighted it yesterday at the Christmas tree lighting here at the Capitol. And these are the kids that, as Clark reminded us yesterday, you know, they didn't get to choose their parents. They didn't get to choose the situation that they're in. And it's really something that will help them bring a bright light to this joyous season that we're in. 
couldn't agree more. And Clark Howard was a special guest of the tree lighting there at the governor's mansion. So congratulations to Clark for all of this. Now, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, sunny highs in the mid-50s. And tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds. Stray light shower not out of the question. Highs may top out around 57 lows, around 38. So Christy Bryant back with me, a Georgia certified arborist and owner of Speaking for the Trees. And Christy, I just keep nudging you. I just keep nudging you and saying, how about stay until 830? How about stay until 8.50? And girl, <laughs> thank you, because we have so many good calls. Yeah, no, I love it. There's one thing I love to do, and it's talk about trees. Amen. And, and this is this is great. This is just a perfect avenue to do so. So up next, you got a minute or so. Philip calling from Midtown Atlanta. Good morning. You're on Green and Growing. Hi. Good morning, Ashley and Christy. Um, hey, I've got a quick question for you, Christy. We have a couple of trees in our backyard. They're tall, very mature trees. They're um, they're hackberry. They're they're native trees to the area, and yeah. and these hackberry trees every fall end up um, having an aphid infestation, which in and of itself wouldn't be a problem. However, the aphids eat the sap of the trees and poop out sugar, honeydew. So we end up with honeydew all over our cars, the handrails to the steps, um, all of the plants in the backyard. And then that honeydew actually ends up becoming uh, sooty mold. So even today when I go out in the yard with all this rain that we've had, all of my ornamental plants, my hostas, my um, gardenias, they're all covered in black mold. So I'm just trying to find out if there is a some solution to uh, deal with with the aphids, the sooty mold, um, and, Philip, and this you've, situation. You've done your research. You know exactly the yeah. life cycle and the expectations that we have of the aphids there. So, Christy, you've got about a minute. What do you think? I think it's a very simple fix. You need to do a systemic insecticide. Um, I prefer to apply them after the hackberries have completed their bloom, which is actually pretty early in the spring plenty of time to get ahead of the populations. I've, the aphids are off the chain this year, not just hackberries, but I've seen aphids with pecans. Um, my truck is sticky every day because I park under a big <laughs> pecan tree. So just a spring treatment of a systemic insecticide, bayer tree and shrub is a pretty good one. Just follow the directions. Always follow the directions on the label or you can call me or any other professional arborist in Atlanta and we're happy to apply that treatment for you. Now, what I like to do is knock the populations back by doing a systemic one year and then trying to offer and trying to go to pikes and buy some beneficial insects mm -hmm. and then trying to keep the populations back that way. In my experience, you only have to do a systemic insecticide about every three years okay. if you introduce the beneficial. Good. All right. Thanks for the call, Philip. And GeorgiaArborist.org is the website you're going to want to follow this morning. Coming up, a couple of calls about not right tree, right place. They've gotten a little too big, and James and Joe both need our help in kind of controlling the size of those trees. More on green and growing, and with the 30th edition of Clark's Christmas Kids, you're listening to WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 
Welcome back to Green Growing right here on 95.5 WSB. Really getting some great tree health and tree care questions from all of you. I've got ISA certified arborist Christy Bryant here. She's the owner of Speaking for the Trees and has a degree in environmental horticulture and is happy to work with homeowners. All of you have some great questions for her. So Christy, we're going to keep trucking through this. Sounds great. All right. And luckily, Joe in Lawrenceville, he also knows how to connect with me on Facebook, on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page, and even sent us a picture to look at of his Arbor Vitae. And you're calling with a question right now, Joe. Hey there. Good morning to both of you. You too. So yeah, great question. What What's the situation there with your Arbor Vitae? Well, I'm, I'm waiting for a notice from the post office saying to that they're going to discontinue mail delivery because my Arborvita is growing around the mailbox. I've got two Arborvitas at the end of my driveway that I personally planted about 30 years ago. And uh, I want to know if I can prune them vertically, and if so, how much can I take off? So the general rule of thumb is we never want to remove more than 20% of a plant's leaf surface per growing season. Secondly, what I don't want you to do is go in and use shears. So what I want you to do is every cut you need to make back to a branch or the trunk. So every cut needs to be put somewhere. What we're doing is we're helping the plant divert its energy. When you shear a plant, you just cut off the terminal bud, which is where plants are made to grow from, and you're confusing them, which is why, again, crepe murder is so bad. So what you need to do the Georgia Extension Department has a great homeowner pruning guide. Read that, educate yourself, and you'd be able to make great choices. But again, don't just shear it. We we need to divert the energy. So whatever you cut off, you need to replace. You know, you need to cut it back to a point, to a branch, or to the trunk. Right, and evergreens, yeah, they they don't you know just put out new growth and flush out new growth at the tips like regular trees. Is that right, Christy? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, this was these arborvitaes are pretty good. Juniper pruning can be get very complicated, but with these arborvitaes, you know, the problem is is they're 30 years old and they're probably going to be browned out in the middle. Trees are simply not going to put leaves where they don't get light. So you're going to have browning out in the middle and they're not going to like Ashley said, they're not going to sprout back out from that. Those so the pruning those are, they're gone. So you know, yeah. it's a very careful thing. It's probably something you should try to accomplish over time. Yeah. So the pruning guide that you're mentioning, Christy, is is an absolute great resource for folks that want to go to extension.uga.edu. And when you go under publications there, you find some great things. I mean, I've referred tons of folks over the summer and fall to the uh, guide about pruning fruit trees. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good guides there with the diagrams and the pictures that show you what to do. So, Joe, good luck with that. And, hey, if you have any trouble with the, the United States Postal Service, you let us know. 404-872-0750. Up next, we're going to hear from James and Swanee, a question about his Japanese maple. Good morning, James. Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. How I've can got we help? A, uh, I bought this house, and it's got, the previous owner had planted a an ornamental Japanese maple, and it is uh, too close to the garage of my neighbor. And our landscaper comes by, with, and without even asking me, he, he cuts it back, and it makes it look like a little lollipop. 
Uh, I know it's not good for the, the the tree itself, and I'm afraid that they'll either tell me to cut it down or get rid of it or something. And I I don't want to lose the maple. Okay. I know that. So I, the branches are going over over onto their property. Well, it's actually rubbing against the garage itself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's a problem. So how big um, how big is the diameter down at the ground? Would you say is it a, is it two inches? Is it ten inches? It's about three and a half inches across. Okay, you should be able to transplant that tree. Do you have another spot that's suitable for it? Unfortunately, I live in a townhouse where I don't have a whole lot of land and uh, need to get like HOA approval to do any of that kind of stuff. They'll let me get rid of it, but putting it out in the yard or something like that is not really a possibility. Yeah, I mean, you can try to keep pruning it back, but, you know, it's for plants grow. That's what happens. So if at three inches you're having an issue, you're going to have a big issue when it gets to six inches. So, you know, I would say maybe try to find a friend that wants it or, yeah, you just just cut it down and start over with a with a better plant. Maybe something that grows more vertical than than horizontal like those ornamental Japanese maples do. Yeah, I I think the maples are beautiful in that. I just uh, I, is there like a service or something that or a place where I can advertise for somebody to come pick it up or come get it because they're. I don't they're know. I have a lot of luck on Facebook on your neighborhood Facebook pages. That's a good recommendation, a good and also, I mean, Christy, you know about pruning trees and and everything like that. But uh, a friend of the show, Norm Mitleider, is a aesthetic pruner and you know has so many years of schooling and properly pruning Japanese maples because there's really an art to it you know so just like you're talking crepe murder I mean that theme kind of keeps coming through with all trees if you don't know how to properly prune and where to cut back to and all of that I mean a tree can just be nubs and and not look right and keep its true form so yeah encouraging James to maybe go on the um the Facebook page or you know share something on his neighborhood page, but whose responsibility would all of that be if you're sharing a tree with someone else? So it gets a little complicated. Um, so it is the responsibility of the person that owns the tree to deal with it, its health issues, or if it dies to remove it. However, you are responsible for the branches that come over your property line. So say like you live in a neighborhood like mine in Grant Park, so we have large mature trees and we often share our trees. So it's my responsibility to take care of my airspace, but I also can't violate this, the, the industry standards. So I can't get mad and whack back all the branches because I don't like them over my house. You right. still have to you know, obey the rules or else you can actually be sued for hurting someone or killing someone's tree. So it's your responsibility for the airspace or whoever owns the trunk if it dies, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And Georgia 811 is a very important resource if you ever need to um, have utility lines marked and all of that before you go digging a large tree out of the uh, existing landscape as well. Christy, I I have one more call for you. Unfortunately, he had to run, but I think he's still listening. And then I can't wait to talk about the uh, holiday plants and things going on at Pike Nursery Store. But first, Tim was on hold asking about a dogwood. Is now a good time to plant? And if so, do you have a recommendation for what he could use? I do. So our native dogwoods are having a hard time with dogwood anthracnose. So I want you to do your research and I want you to make sure to pick a cultivar that is um, that is not susceptible to that. 
They've done a lot with plant genetics, and we've come a long way. They actually have some Japanese native, Japanese Japanese dogwood native dogwood um, mixes cultivars that are they're just absolutely stunning. So do your homework. Um, you can plant your dogwood whenever you would like, and make sure that he's tucked in some shade. Look at where plants are growing in our natural environment and try to imitate that. Don't put that dogwood out in the middle of the you know in the middle of the yard and expect it to do well in the full sun. Right. And make sure that you're not planting it too deep because if anything, dogwoods are not tolerant of a wet root system. So you want to make sure you really make sure that it's planted correctly because it'll be the first one to die if it's not. Christy, you have been such a wonderful resource for not only myself, but our listeners today. And unfortunately, time won't allow us to stay together much longer. But I want folks to know how to get in contact with you or maybe follow you and learn a little bit more about everything you do. So how would they find you either on social media or be in touch? Yeah, I'm speaking speaking for the trees on Facebook. Um, I am, you can get my website is speakingfortrees.com and you can always call me at 770-823-5374. All right, Christy Bryant, thank you so much. And congratulations again on your third term of serving as president for the Georgia Arborist Association. You guys have such a good time. And I think there's a special program coming up. I may see you virtually on December 8th. Is that right? That is correct. Thank you for so, serving us with your presence. So cool. Looking forward to it. Well, have a great holiday, Thanks. and uh, folks will else. definitely be able to listen to all of your great advice again the day after Christmas. I'm going to replay this. We've had such a good time together. Great. Awesome. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Thanks, Christy. You as well. So, of course, we've been talking about the 30th year of Clark's Christmas Kids and the campaign to help Georgia's foster care children, and you can go on clarkschristmaskids.com. And this morning, before you forget and you get tied up in your day, shop for one of these children. It's very easy. They each were asked to make a wish list of three of the things that they want for Christmas. You can purchase just one thing off of a child's wish list. All three take care of multiple children. And you all have really answered the call like you always do. We started this with over, I think, 15,000 items to shop for when we started Thursday morning. And now we're down to 4,100 gifts still needed to help these Georgia foster care children. And thanks to all of our partners who have been so gracious. Walmart, of course, helps each and every year. That's usually where you see us is the Walmart stores. Chris 180, the Division of Family and Children's Services, Scana Energy, we've had T-Mobile involved, Rocco's European Garage, the Atlanta Braves, and so many more that have so graciously helped with this program. So thank you, thank you for visiting ClarksChristmasKids.com. All right, you know it's that time of the morning. Pike Nursery sharing some festive holiday things with us and what you can be enjoying in the stores right now this holiday season. Good morning to Desiree Hyman. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Ashley. So we love the Christmas theme. We've really gotten in the holiday spirit this first Saturday <laughs> of December with the show. So the good news from you is all of the Metro Atlanta stores still have great assortments and varieties of live Christmas trees left for us to come and shop this weekend. We do. There is still time to get your real Christmas tree. So we have, you know, like we talked about last week, we have a great assortment of the fragrant Fraser furs, you know, the very traditional nobles, uh, and the, the very lush, great for heavy ornaments, uh, Nordman furs, and then, of course, our beloved Snowflot Christmas tree. So, Come on out this weekend, and we'll make sure that we can get you the perfect Christmas tree. 
And a great deal that I shared with listeners on the Green and Growing Facebook page, too, and this lasts through tomorrow, so y'all better hurry up. A Fresh Cut Fraser for one of the most popular, six to seven foot. That's regularly $69.99, and right now through tomorrow, folks can save $20 and get that tree for just $49.99. And, of course, you have the decor kit. If I just kind of wanted to get uh, all in one, didn't even have to think about all the holiday things I need, what's in the decor kit? Yeah, so the... Frasier is a great deal, so $49.99 is only through this weekend, so come in. But no matter what tree you select, you can get what we have, um, our decor kit. So it's any Christmas tree, and then you get a 24-inch mixed wreath, perfect for the front door, and then two of our 6.5-inch big, lush, beautiful poinsettias that come in an assortment of colors from, you know, traditional red, white, lots of variations of pink and different kind of colors of red and textures. And you can get that whole decor kit, and when you do, you'll save $15 on the decor kit. So if you planned on getting a wreath or a poinsettia, make sure you look at the decor kit, and you'll get a little extra savings on that. Love it. Okay, and we have about a minute here, Desiree, to highlight the types of fresh garland. So if you will, tell us the different types of fresh garland that we may smell and see at the Pike Nursery stores going on right now. Yeah, fresh garland is so great to decorate with, and we have it available by the foot or by the roll, so it doesn't matter the size project. We can kind of customize it for you. The most popular is um, our cedar garland, so it's got that nice draping texture. We also have a mixed garden, which is just like the cedar, but it's got um, bundles of, you know, the blue juniper berries just to give it a little bit more kind of texture, a little bit more interest. And then if you like things to match, we have the Noble Garland, which will work perfectly with any of our real Christmas trees if you want the look to be very, very cohesive. And if you're doing really large areas like a fence um, or if you're going to do it across the whole house, we have White Pine Garland. And that's a really good kind of, you know, very earthy but very economical way to do a ton of garland. So you know, come in, we have guides so we can help you figure out the right amount for your mantle, your fireplace, your front door, whatever you're, whatever you need to decorate. We've got a little guide so we can get you just the right amount of garland for your project. And if this sounds really attractive to folks who have never ventured out and done fresh live garland here in just a little bit when the show wraps up on the Green and Growing Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, I'm going to give you some tips from Pike Nursery on how to keep that garland fresh and lasting well through Christmas. Desiree Hyman, thank you so much for calling in and happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Always great to talk to you and let's finish decking the halls. We're going to do it, and you can start by going to pikenursery.com, and you can even order your items right there for curbside pickup or delivery, so something to look into and find your nearest store. It's coming up on 8.50. We'll be right back on WSB. You want to know how to plan your weekend accordingly, so brought to you by Finley Roofing, the weather update, and Channel 2 meteorologist Brad Nitt saying sunny skies today, highs in the mid-50s, warming up to about 57 tomorrow, and mostly cloudy. Time to tell you what to do in the yard this weekend. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. 
number one. Now's a good time to control winter weeds in the lawn. Chickweed especially, man, that expands rapidly. If you don't do anything about it, you got to dig it out or spray it with a broadleaf weed killer, and now's a good time to do that. Number two, if you have tender plants that just went in the ground, the best protection is a lightweight cover called a frost cloth. You can get that at Pike Nursery. Keep that on hand and good to always mulch or use pine straw, something like that for maybe a tree or shrub that you've just planted to provide some extra protection. And number three, make it a habit to turn your indoor plants 180 degrees every week. And at that time, put your finger in the soil and check the moisture level too. They need less water this time of year, but still very important to not underwater those house plants. My thanks to Desiree Hyman of Pike Nursery for joining us. Christy Bryant, certified arborist and owner of Speaking for the Trees. And so many of your great calls. You can listen back to the show on wsbradio.com. Just click on On Demand and look for green and growing. And now I'm going to hand it off to Dave Baker and Clark Howard as we continue the tradition now, the 30th annual Clark's Christmas Kids. Thanks so much for what you've done to help George's foster care kids. Go to clarkschristmaskids.com. I'll see you Monday morning with Triple Team Traffic. Take care. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.